Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe, episode 100. What is Lockdown Parenting Hell? What I've realised, Rob, is the only joy in my life are the WhatsApp groups in which I talk to other dads about how awful the existence of lockdown with children is. And it was it's twofold. It's A, laughing at their existence, and B laughing about how much we hate our friends like they walked into town for something to do like a fucking wank <laughs> um so i i was pondering this and i thought there's a there's a no risk and possibly very popular podcast you could do where you do say it was me and you it'd be called something like the two worst dads in lockdown <laughs> a question mark and you're basically you talk about your experiences in the first 10 minutes then you've had correspondence from people who are sending in their awful parenting that they've done the things that have made them feel most guilty i reckon i watched 20 sarah and ducks today my screen time last week on my phone was eight hours a day this is fucking pathetic and then the second half of the podcast would be an interview with someone else for instance john richardson romesh ellis and izzy as one one together whatever and it would be a very funny, very self-depreciating podcast in which you talk about how bad you're doing at parenting in lockdown. And it would give us something to do in the lockdown. I will await your thoughts, but no pressure. Either way, it was just something I was pondering today. I don't fancy it, to be honest, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people will listen. Look at that. I mean, the problem now is if there's any sort of like ownership issues of this podcast, it feels like you really did a lot of the legwork early doors with that <laughs> message. Well, I had some good ideas. Like, I think I'm one of the first people that uh, had the idea to book Romesh for something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a visionary. Romesh for, for a show. <laughs> Um, but that's that's amazing. That was sent. You sent that to me, 2020, 19th of April. Do you remember the first guest, Rob, for two points? Uh, Catherine Ryan. Yes. 28th of April. What a turnaround. What a turnaround that was. Anyway, welcome, Josh, to the podcast that we invented together. A hundred episodes. <laughs> I, um, yeah, but I've very much enjoyed it, though. But this, this, for me, I don't feel comfortable with this, Josh. I found it very self-flagellating. Talking about stuff, I thought, you know, when they do them, like, oh, it's been a hundred episodes. I just sort of, I, I don't know how to talk about it without feeling too self-involved. But I'm very much aware that I've got a podcast exclusively talking about me and my life. Yes, but your, it's not your life. It's not your achievements, Rob. No, it's not my achievements. And I would, but I would to be say, fair, is this an achievement? Well, not really. Anyone no, can not. make hundred episodes of exactly. podcasts. Exactly. It's not the quality. Yeah, it's not an achievement. Hundreds, hundred, isn't it? It's the quality that counts. Um, yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, well done. That's not bad in a year. We'll take that. No, and we've got Ellis James on, who was uh, possibly one of our defining early episodes. Who was having a particularly bad lockdown. Yes, and he's uh, yeah, he's in a better place now. He's in a better place now. Uh, we're all yeah, in a better there. place. He's, he passed away. We've done this from the, from the grave. <laughs> yeah, we've done it via Ouija board. It's not a great <laughs> listen. Um, we should say uh, if you didn't hear Tuesday's episode, then what the hell are you doing with your life? But um. We will be trying to get back favourite guests we've had to uh, get updates on what they've been up to. Because parenting changes every year. Yes. Well, we've got Daisy May Cooper we want to try and get back on. Because she's literally had another child since, yes. since she spoke. That would be a good one. Maybe when she's promoting her book. Um, Ellie Taylor has moved out of London, Rob. Oh, wow. Big she's change. She's moved to the countryside. With her children? 
With no, no Ellie wow. Taylor's marriage has fallen apart. Let's see how it. No, see, it hasn't. It's all <laughs> oh, good. It, it's all good. It's all good. But various people, uh, we will catch up with. Uh, do tweet us and go below the Instagram to let us know which guests you'd love to have back on. I've got to ask you a question before we crack into uh, Ellis. Um, is your daughter into dinosaurs? Um, not really. Because my daughter's obsessed with them, and I, I am absolutely shocked about the amount of dinosaur names she knows. Correctly, oh, really, and I don't know if it's, we should have spoke to Andy about this because he does all dinosaur adventures. But like, I, I still get tripped up by the P in dinosaur names. Yeah, because like, pterodactyl is not pterodactyl. Oh, yeah, pterodactyl, yeah. Silent P, isn't it, with the yeah. with dinosaurs um, and and pterosaurs and then Diplodocus. There's all sorts of like. Yes. And so I just, is she really I, into dinosaurs? Yeah, and she'll know all the names, and it, I just don't understand how they know them. Rob, you've got an intelligent wife. Who's passed on her genes? No, but like no, but they, but these other words they can't do. They can't. They'll get like there and then wrong. But yeah. you can smack out pterosaur, no trouble. But this is the thing, right? If you're interested in something, you just learn about it. Yeah, straight away. And if you're not interested, it's so difficult to retain that information. Like I learned so much as a kid about football, not by trying to do it, but man, I couldn't have been less interested in chemistry yeah like i can say like i've got quite good geography from knowing about football clubs around europe oh, yeah. yeah that's exactly. where my geography comes from and pronunciation of certain names i yeah. know like are much better with any footballers names and boxers names than i'm yeah. with other things just because i care about it exactly exactly you know you shouldn't be able to pronounce gabriel selassie as easy as i did the other week just off the top of my head compared to other things i don't know you know like my minute my, my shy yeah i didn't know that was spelled minute <laughs> But you don't need to, Rob, because you're too busy exactly. learning how to pronounce Frank Bruno. I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy getting furious with my children that when they're hungry and tired, turn into little pricks. Yeah. That's what I can't deal with. When they come home from school fuming. Does your daughter eat dinner at school? Yeah, she does. Oh, right. So if they come home and they're hungry and they've not had their snack or they didn't like their school lunch or whatever, about half three, they just turn into... I've had to start just boiling eggs and just giving them boiled eggs just to keep them going. Yeah, I think that's all right. That's my go-to now is a boiled egg. I just eat a boiled egg. But that 10 minutes while it boils or whatever it takes. No, you pre-boil them and leave them in the fridge. Oh, very shrewd. Very shrewd. Yes, I've been boiling eggs in the morning and dishing them out about four o'clock before dinner. Lovely, Rob. My daughter wakes up hungry and annoyed that she's hungry. But what can you do about that? Give her breakfast? Well, yeah, obviously. But it's that period... Between, yeah, like, and they're just, like, snappy until they eat. Yeah. That is difficult. Because occasionally, I think, what would be really good is what I need to do is wake up slightly before her. That is never going to happen, ever. <laughs> well, I read that. Jerry Seinfeld said that he wakes up before his kids and meditates and then goes downstairs with them. I'm like, what time's this fucker getting up? <laughs> I, I, if, you, if I woke up at, like, half five to meditate for 20 minutes, I would immediately fall back to sleep. Well, of course. There's no way you could meditate that early in the morning without just going straight to sleep. Of course you would. It's difficult enough to stay awake meditating at the best of times, let alone waking just when you've woken up extra early ahead of your kids. It's, it's mental. It's insane. But, yeah, some people do it. Some kids... I think it's just when your kids get older and they sleep in more. Because I think once they get to about eight or ten, they will just sleep in. Do you know what I mean? If you let them go to bed later. Don't, Rob. I hope. Don't. I imagine. Don't, Rob. Don't tempt fate. Josh, I've got... Before we introduce... or well, bring on Ellis. I've got some uh, preemptive salt apology. I, I I think I've been a bit... You know, we did a salt, the salty Josh Riddicombe. I was a bit salty last Friday when I was out drinking. Oh, but that's the, the alcohol. Who are you salty with? Well, basically, right. So I don't know about you, but when anyone says hello or something, they recognise you from telly or podcast, whatever, I'm all very, very nice and polite. And if someone's rude to me when I'm sober, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I sort of just yeah. ignore it or just move on. But when I'm pissed, I go in. And I don't go in like aggressive or rude. I just sort of like I treat them like a heckler in a comedy club and it's it's too brutal when you're opposite someone so what happened i'm off my head right yeah. i'm pissed up outside in old compton street yeah and we sat down what what time is it 9 30 10 my mate's gone to the bar and it's still a pandemic in it so you're supposed to pre pre like reserve seats and sit in your seat yeah, yeah. and anyway also as well when i'm a bit pissed the working class chip on the shoulder pops out to say hello 
sat there and then this girl came and sat down. She was probably about 22, very raw. You know, like um, raw, where's my backy? You know that yeah. that trend on TikTok? Do you know that trend on no. TikTok? Where they say our private school or posh you are. And she's very oh, yeah. confident and posh, dressed a bit like rough and ready, but you know that she's absolutely minted. One of those sort of, and she sat down and was like, uh, are you like, uh, are you some sort of comedian, yeah? Like, so oh. like, you like Jack, some, so my friend said you're like a comedian, but like, you like, you like Jack Whitehall? Oh. And I was like, oh. she obviously, I'm not saying she knows who I am, but I'm obviously I, not Jack Whitehall. You know Jack Whitehall. I, I couldn't be any less Jack Whitehall, no. could I really? It's pretty, I, I, and like. At no point when doing this podcast, have I thought, have <laughs> I mistakenly done this with Jack Whitehall? Yeah. And then also I'm like, I'm not, in a, you know, and she may have no idea I am. That's fine. But it's quite rude to go up to someone and go, I don't know who you are. I, I, yeah. I, there's plenty, when I got the train home from London, there was plenty of people on that train. I didn't know who they are. I didn't go up to every one of them and go, who are you? You weren't walking along old Compton Street going, hey, guys, it's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was having a drink and she's come out of nowhere to my table, right? Anyway, and so she and she was doing that, like being a bit rude or whatever. And I was like, oh, um. I'm a, a comedian. She went, yeah, but what? Who are you? What are you doing? And then I, and then, and then I sort of got the ump. And yeah. then this is where I went a bit salty. Yeah. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> I just oh, went, no. let's not worry about who I am anymore. Who are you? Because I know who you are. You're a posh little private school girl that's had everything handed to her and you swan around London because you've got loads of money, not giving a fuck, walking over to people's table, taking a seat because you've never been told in your life, giving it the last one in front of your mates because you've had everything you ever wanted and had a life of privilege. Now you're giving me shit. That's who you are. <gasps> oh. oh, my word. That is amazing. It was like, but it was awful. And then she went, you're a prick. I went, well, at least we know what I am now. And then she left. <laughs> and then... And then, and then my mate opposite meant to me went, oh, that, I couldn't even watch that. <laughs> oh, my God. So brutal. And like, so what I'd like to do is I went in too hard and too harsh. I apologised to that girl. She wasn't on her best behaviour, but I wasn't either. And you shouldn't go yeah. down to that level. So do you want a preemptive know, sort of apology. Do you, know, do you want to know what her name is? Oh, no. She'd been in contact. Well, let's see her side of it from this email. That no, no I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Oh God! No, yeah, oh, but yeah. So I apologise. I was drunk, and I and I it was embarrassing behaviour, really. But I just got the um. We've all said things when we're drunk, Rob. We've all said. I, things. I, sh- I normally I'm quite good at just sort of ignoring it and stuff. If someone's because she was doing it to wind me up, but yeah. Anyway, but yeah, a preemptive sort of apology. I mean, it, it, should I admit that I said that, Josh? Or I think that's fine. I think I think you are. Yeah, but I know I was in the wrong. I was being a bit out of order. I also I think you were provoked. I think it is an odd decision for someone to come up to you to tell you that they don't know who you are. Yeah, and and sat, sat down on my table in a panny D. That's not allowed. You're not allowed yeah. to have tables and share tables. Do you know what? That's against the guidelines. Exactly. So really, you were saving lives by, by getting her to leave. What, what's the line? Space, save lives. Try to absolutely rip apart the foundations of a person's upbringing. <laughs> For no other reason than you've had 10 pints and six cocktails. And she was probably nice oh, enough. I would love to know what anecdote she's currently dining out on based on that oh, experience. Yeah. You met Rob Beckett once, didn't you? Oh, God. Jack Whitehall's <laughs> name is Mud around the... Uh... I'd love it if she actually just thinks I'm Jack Whitehall still. That'd be a right touch. She's gone home. She's Googled Jack Whitehall. She's gone, he went to bloody public school and he's thrown it around at me. <laughs> he's a right one to talk. He <laughs> went, to, went to Marlborough College. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? He, he sure looks better in photographs. <laughs> Yeah, he looked rough that night. How oh. many drinks did he have? <laughs> he was so pissed he went blonde. <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Right, now, our guest, Ellis James, who is lockdown parenting hell royalty. Yes, yeah, he, he, I think in the first run of lockdown one, he had it, it argued, had one of the worst hands dealt to him where he had um, two young children and his wife, Izzy, was writing a book and she had a bad back. So he had to do a lot more of the heavy, literal heavy lifting. He was waking up 
at, was it 5 a.m. every day? I think, yes. Yep, and then they had no garden and he was just sat on a ledge looking out the window like a lonely cat. He got the text from the government saying that he couldn't go outside as well. Yes, he had to shield had to as shield. well. It was hilariously bad. <laughs> but it's it's a bit better for him now and uh, and, and he's, uh, he's back on in episode 100. So uh, enjoy Ellis James. Ellis James, you're back. Hello. The first ever returning guest. Oh, what a compliment that is. It really is. Is it a compliment to your parenting? Is it a compliment to how bad the situation you were in the first time was? Do you know what? I think it's a compliment to the fact that of all of the uh, different comedic mediums I've tried, I've really flourished when it comes to podcasting. Um <laughs> Yeah, sure, I did stand-up for 15 years. Yeah, I've acted in sitcoms. Yeah, I've done radio shows. But podcasting, I think I'm a bit like... I'm a bit like John Lennon or Paul McCartney when it comes to podcasting. I, I, t- I, took, a, I took a nascent medium and I yeah. really ran with it. And I'm, and I'm, 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 pro- I'm probably the best one. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the weird thing is, you actually look funnier than you sound. You would assume <laughs> it would be the other way around. <laughs> Um, I, I think, though, maybe, Ellis, that you were considered the person that had had it hardest on this podcast. And you almost became like an urban sort of folk legend of the podcast until we had you on. And then it was confirmed that you did have it quite bad the first yeah. time around. So I think we're intrigued to know how. I, I re- I've just re-listened to your podcast, Ellis. Oh, yeah. You were getting up at 10 to 5. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> now then. Every morning. I think that my son has re-listened to that podcast because... How is it? Probably a month after we recorded that, it all clicked and he started waking up at 7am. And I, I could honestly tell you it was like it being on... overnight? Pretty much, yeah. It was like being on a holiday. We had a very strange couple of days where he was waking up, must have been during the school holidays or something because cause Betty's a late riser, my daughter, our daughter... So we don't set alarms because he was our alarm, Stefan, my now two-year-old son. And then there were a couple of weird days where Betty wasn't at school, so he must have not been setting an alarm, must have been the weekend, where he was waking up like at half past eight and then at nine o'clock. And then at one one day he woke up at half past nine, to the extent that we went in and went we went in and checked on him. Yeah. I thought, wow. This is this is amazing. And then he then he settled down at about seven AM. That's ideal for me, no problem at all. Wow. Over the last and did you do anything? Though? Well, over the last week. Oh no. The, oh no. Basically, I, you texted me five, six days ago saying, Do you fancy coming on lockdown parenting hell again as a returning guest? I said, Yeah, no problem. And he woke up at six fifty. I thought, yeah, I can handle that. And then it was six forty. Then at six thirty, I said, Oh, this is this isn't great, isn't it? He's shaving off ten minutes every morning. Then it was six twenty. <laughs> this morning was five fifty-eight. Oh, no. I thought you fucking bastard. <laughs> now I think what's happened is we are recording this in late March, mm-hmm. and I think what's happened is it's 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 the light. It's 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 now light in the morning. It's now light at about six a.m. So when I go into his room, even though there's a blackout blind that is treated with a reverence that you would usually reserve for the Turin Shroud. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, no wonder the Blitz was so bad, because if yeah. this constitutes a blackout blind now, yeah. with all the clear technology, <laughs> what the fuck was going on then? <laughs> Did you know Just disco lights on the windows. That is such a cockney observation. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years before you were born You can't stop going on about the blitz You don't know how hard we yeah. it, boy. Every night it was Fucking every night I mean they complained in Coventry and Liverpool Don't they in Plymouth and Swansea I mean the East End of London where I grew up <laughs> yes, They hit there by accident They were aiming for us Apples of Bethnal Green And it was completely flattened by the bloody Germans <laughs> Anyway, so I so I th- I think it's the light. Right? I think the light is creeping in. So so last night, I took such care over this blackout blind, but it's still creeping in on the sides. And then there's a blind, and then there's the curtains. The curtains are rubbish. The curtains are white. I don't know why we bothered with those curtains. Um, white curtains. So but basic, yeah, but, basic, basic. You know, it's, it's like, foil, like, isn't it? 
white with a picture of a, I don't know, of... Um, Fucking what's, unicorn what's, or Yeah, what's giraffe. the multicoloured elephant called? Elmer. Elmer, yes. Like, a, like Elmer curtains or something, I don't know. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I, I'm worried. I think it's because the summer's on the way, but obviously the clocks go back on Saturday night, so 6am will become 5am. Oh. I mean, 7 a.m. We we had six. I really thought this was it. We had seven or eight months of that. And had anything, had you done anything? We did do sleep training. But is that what did it? We did sleep training the first time and then he got ill. He, he had a really bad cold. This is pre-lockdown. And then because we had to go in and cuddle him and give him milk and stuff because he had this really bad cold, he kind of forgot all of the sleep training. So then we did sleep training again. Yeah, because I think the common cold does give memory loss. <laughs> Because I, I basically learnt Pythagoras, had a cold, and I couldn't tell you anything about angles now. <laughs> I forgot how to write. <laughs> I live in a big circle. It's like the roundhouse by us. I couldn't handle it. And then what happened the second time, it really clicked, and then he was sleeping through the night, but he was he was an early riser, and then his rising just became later and later, and then it sort of settled down at about between seven and, and quarter past seven. Great. But I think what's happened is now, because he's two, he was two in January, so he was, it was three months ago, I think we're now entering the zone of maybe dropping his afternoon nap because he still has quite a, a substantial yeah. afternoon nap, which is also a ball ache in itself because that's when I tend to do a lot of stuff when he's asleep. Yeah. Because he's a How very... How long is he having a nap for? You are. How long is his nap? Oh, I thought you said, what's he having a nap for? Because <laughs> he's too... <laughs> yeah. lazy. You are Lazy wrong. bastard. I th- it was really... I, th- <laughs> you f- I thought you'd phrased the question in a really weird way. What's he having a nap for? <laughs> Your baby's a bit tired, isn't he? Yeah. Come on, do me a favour. What's he drinking all that milk for? <laughs> Rob's never met a kid. It's quite a weird podcast yeah. to do, actually. I've made it all up. I'm a character actor. He's winging it, but he's finally been exposed. I'm rather it's trained. All, it's all based on his very fuzzy memories of his own childhood. <laughs> How long's the nap? Oh, about an hour and a half. Yeah, it's chunky, isn't it? Yeah, chunky which is time. chunky. So I'm I'm beginning to think that might be the problem, which is a problem in itself because you know, especially the weekend, that's when you do a lot of stuff. And when he wasn't going to the childminder during the you know during the third lockdown, the sort of January to March one, that that little nap was in invaluable. But obviously, he's two now, so maybe if we drop that, his sleep might settle down. Oh. It's that's it's the classic thing, isn't it? The uh, the attempting to kind of reason with the sleep of a child. <laughs> yeah. What well, and are you still doing mornings? And is he because is he is Izzy's back yeah. okay now? Because that was well, the problem before. She had a bad back, so you had to do a lot more of the childcare. Yeah. Well, what happened then was uh, Izzy's writing a novel, which is getting published in July. It's a very very stressful process writing a novel. So I continue to do the mornings. Because on, honest to God, right, we'd be in bed and it'd be like one in the morning and she'd be like, there are too many commas on page six. <laughs> so, so it completely ruined her sleep. <laughs> so, so she'd be like, we'd be asleep. I'd have been asleep for about, I don't know, an hour and a half or whatever. So it ruined her sleep, the stress of writing this novel. So I then said, well, I'll, I'll do the mornings. Um, for that reason, and because he was waking up at seven, it was it was it was yeah. fine. Um, but now we, it's it's getting earlier and earlier. I think possibly because of sunlight waking him up. Also, he's so enthusiastic. Like, um, <laughs> I, God, I went in this morning at ten past six. So enthusiastic! <laughs> he was jumping up and down he's on the bed. He's getting more and more enthusiastic every morning by yeah. ten minutes, isn't he? What's he enthusiastic for? Well, <laughs> the the thing he used to do, which was I mean, they're so different, my two kids. So Betty used to, she would often laugh herself awake, which was an amazing way to wake up. But he used to wake up, and it was like he'd been dipped in boiling water. It was absolutely mental. <laughs> you know, he was so upset straight, straight away. But now yeah. he's like, yes, life. So I go in there, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you're clearly not going to go back to sleep, are you? Because... You, you know, you're jumping down on the bed and having a fantastic time. The other thing that um, made him sleep for longer was when we moved him into his own room, interestingly. I thought that was going to be a big problem. 
Well, yeah, when so- someone's screaming in the night about semicolons, <laughs> it's hard to get a bit of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal, is it? But when we moved him from the cot into his bed um, in his in his own room, he, he slept for much longer. And the reason we had to sleep, move him out of his cot was, I mean, Betty, I, I we didn't realise how lucky we had it, really. She would, as a sort of two-year-old, sit on the sofa and idly flick through a magazine like an old lady at the dentist. Whereas what he likes doing is climbing. So he will drag stools across the kitchen floor, then he'll climb up the stool, then he'll get on the table, and then he'll put toys in the microwave, all in the time it's taken me to bend over and charge my phone. That, that age as well, when they're not, they're confident, but they they will just fall and smack their head. They're not, they're not, you know, not got the ability. It's nuts. There's nothing he won't climb on, and <laughs> he will. Yeah, I've I've seen him flip over the side of the sofa. You know that mad climbing? Is it parkour? Parkour, where they do it like on buildings in sort of Paris city centre. Yeah. That that's that's what he's going to be doing, I think, when he's older, because he's completely fearless. But I mean no disrespect to you or Izzy, but where the fuck's he got that from? <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, Izzy's definitely the mother, because I saw that happen live. <laughs> Serious questions have been raised about who the father is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can get, you can be very enthusiastic, Ellis. Not at that time of the morning. Were you a climber as a kid? no. No, this, this, I mean, the reason he, we had to move him into his own bedroom was because he woke up. Oh, th- this was, I mean, I can't even, I can't even remember why this had happened. But at one stage, he was in the cot in our room. We were in the spare room. And then Betty was in what is now is his room. I, I don't even know how this, how this came about. But anyway, I, so, so I. He'd got the master bedroom. He, he had the master bedroom, yeah. <laughs> All set up as he wanted. He had a big screen. I'm in frame. So I, pull up bar. So I heard him. <laughs> I heard him cry, and I thought, okay, he's up now. So I looked at my watch. And I thought, okay, five fifty-eight or whatever. And then I, I went into his bed, into our bedroom, and he was on the floor. And I thought, and I, I mean, God, I panicked. I was like, how, how has he done this? So I put him back in the cot to see how he was doing it. And he was lifting himself up and then he'd flip his legs over and then out. And he was escaping that way. How old was he? Oh, he wasn't even two at this stage. He was about like <laughs> 18 months or something. <laughs> yeah. Has he got loads of like brown fur all over him? And, uh, <laughs> sort of climbs up with his feet? He, um, he's like Spider-Man. It's unbelievable. Their, fe- their fearlessness. They, the kids like that. And it's mad. There are these two little shelves that are sort of arm's length apart for him in the kitchen. And often he just lifts himself up and kind of swings there. But the strange thing with the, with him is that he's he's very slow to speak. So, he's, so Betty didn't walk for ages and ages and ages, but was very quick at talking. And you could have a conversation with her when she was two. I've, I've, I watched back videos of her the other day when she was his age. And she's having a conversation where he started walking very quickly and is very physical and likes climbing especially and runs everywhere. But he hasn't got an enormous vocabulary. Have you raised a jock? Yeah, <laughs> oh, you the captain of the football team. <laughs> <laughs> well, his child mind used to be a hairdresser and obviously no hairdressers are open because of lockdown. So as he was cutting his fringe, but she said, oh, I'll cut his hair for him. She's like a, you know, she's given him a very South London haircut. She got the clippers out. He's only two. He He's looks got like a someone. Fade. He looks like someone who would have bullied Rob at school. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fade and he's climbing yeah. and doing push-ups. <laughs> yeah, with a sort it's of that, it's side party like Scott Parker, the Fulham manager. You can you can <laughs> take you can take a baby to a South London barber's and they'll make him look twenty five with one yeah. haircut and a bit of gel. It's <laughs> remarkable. I know it's it's such a South London thing yeah. as well. South Londoners are obsessed with making their babies look older. Yeah. They've got like loafers on and a Ralph Lauren polo shirt and skinny jeans. He's <laughs> three. Just let him wear like you know dungarees for a bit. Yes, yeah, the Ralph Lauren polo shirt. 
Yeah. Like 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 they're in Charlois at Euro two thousand and they're gonna start <laughs> throwing sort of plastic chairs at foreign police. No, but it's like at barbecues. If you go to South London barbecue, they'll all the children will be dressed in the same clothes as their mums and dads. Yeah. It's so funny. What's he wearing, Alice? Is he into football then? Because you're big into football. He is obsessed with football to the extent that you could um you could get rid of 100% of his toys. And as long as he had one ball, he'd be happy. It's the only thing he wants to do. And he can he's, he can catch and he can throw and you can play catch with him. Alice, how happy are you? Well, do you know what? I I am glad, actually, because, um, like, I don't like rugby, right? My, so my, my dad went to the school where all of the great Welsh outside halves went to, and Max Boyce wrote the song, The Fly Half Factory. That's basically about my dad's old school. And I don't like rugby. The most rugby. Welsh thing I've ever heard. I know. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> and I don't understand any of it. <laughs> so so the, the glamour position in rugby is the outside half of the fly Which half. Which one's fly half, then? Number 10. Is that Johnny Wilkinson? The outside half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And oddly, all of these flair players all grew up pretty much in the same valley and all went to the same school, which was my dad's school. It's just this odd, strange mm. hotbed of talent, the same way that... Like the um, Jamaican sprinters. Yeah, in the same way that when Celtic won the European Cup, they were all born within 30 miles of the ground, most of them within five miles of the ground. It's a bit like that. And that's a school my dad went to, so he's rugby-obsessed, and I, I just don't like it. And I think he always thought that, certainly when I was an adult... We'd go to the pub together and go to games together, all that kind of thing. And that sort of didn't really happen because it's a sport I don't particularly like, and he doesn't like football. Um, so the fact that he's so obsessed with football has made me think, oh, great. If if he if he maintains this, and obviously if he falls out of love with it or loses interest when he's older, that's fine. And I will encourage whatever it is he wants to do. But at the moment, it is it is looking good for a, a season ticket. Yeah. Cut to you watching him on the half pipe before he does a bit of parkour and he doesn't do football <laughs> anymore. Well, this is the awkward thing because we live a stone's throw from from Sellers Park, from Crystal Palace. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely going to be a Palace fan. And he's already got the haircut. He's already got the haircut, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't... I mean, I'd like him to, to follow the Swans. It's a good club to support, though, Palace. I like Palace fans because Palace aren't successful, so Palace fans have a kind of quite a realistic approach to what football can be like and how good football can be, which I think is quite nice, actually. Do you think he could be a footballer, Alice? If you, and by that, I mean, have you, in your mind, played out that, that scenario? I'll tell you what, i tell you the scenario I've played out several times. He is eligible for Wales, England and Scotland. Have you checked? Because uh, is, is fa- well, his father was Scottish. Oh, right. So the old grandparent rule and yeah. the idea of, of at say, under 16's level, England are interested and Wales are interested. And he's there in his Ralph Lauren polo shirt and his side parting and fade. And he's like, Dad, oh, I just don't feel Welsh. I'm like, that's, that's fine. You you do what you want to do. <laughs> Obviously, you'd rather him play for Wales. But yeah. if he was top, top level, would you? If, if he was, like, say he was top level player like Harry Kane, would you want him to play for England where he may have more of a chance to play more tournaments or stick to Wales because of your roots? What do you think, Rob? (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd like him to do what Gareth Bale and Ryan Giggs and Anne Ramsey did and play for his country, Wales. His country's England, Ellis. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. His country's England, yeah, and he, he is English. Also, on top of that, I know your great love is the Welsh football team, but your, your, your child's success, if he, yeah. he, could, he may never get to a major tournament. If he's the only good player playing for Wales, would you, would, would you want to see that? We qualified for 2016 and qualified for 2020. We came agonisingly close to qualifying for 2018, yeah. Rob. And then what happens he, when Bale retires? He could tip the balance. Yeah, but when Bale and Ramsey aren't there. And if Bale carries on playing for another 20 years, they could play in the same side. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Alice, and then we'll we'll go back on to it. We'll get away from football. He can either play for Crystal Palace in England or Cardiff and Wales. Uh, As a big Swansea fan, that, that's got to hurt. I would say, on that. I'd, say, I'd say Cardiff and Wales, actually. Oh. Yeah. He scores the winner in a Cardiff-Swansea derby, and it means Cardiff win the league. 
Yeah. I mean, that's... And he, that's... And he does that thing where he goes to the Swansea fans and puts his finger over his mouth to say, be quiet. <laughs> and he kisses the badge because he's <laughs> he never kiss... known to hate Cardiff. Because he hates <laughs> Brighton because he's a Palace fan. <laughs> he kisses the Cardiff badge. The kissing the badge thing, we'd have to have a discussion about that. <laughs> what, what would you do if you go, Dad... I'm sorry, but I just got carried away. And, you know, I don't really care about Swansea because I grew up in London. I just kissed it so that the Cardiff fans would love me. Well, that I could cope with. Yeah. It would be harder if he went, I kissed the badge, Dad, because I absolutely love the club and I hate the Swans. <laughs> They're badly dressed, badly run, <laughs> scruffy. Do you like share any hobbies with your daughter? I'll be honest, I know you're into crafts, Ellis. Well, now then, crafts? before we enter this discussion, yeah. I'd like to defend myself a little bit before we start talking about craft. Um, I love drawing. Love to draw. I love colouring in. Really good at colouring in between the lines. I think my, my colour choices, especially when you're allowed to express yourself a little bit, great. Mm. Crafts, what a waste of fucking time. <laughs> and it's so messy. <laughs> Coloured sand, beads. Jesus Christ, beads. Be- Be- Have you done aqua beads yet? Oh my God, it's so messy. It's so hard and they and just it crumble. Shit. And they What's get, an aqua bead? And they get wound up as well because it doesn't yeah. look like it does on the box. Oh, they're like little balls that you put into into like a, a plastic tray and then if you put them all in the right places in the right colours it makes a scene or a person or a character but then you have to put water on them so they stick together but then uh, they always want to play with them as soon as they've done it and then once it has dried they they break it immediately and cry and it looks nothing like the picture and and it is about as tricky as the large Hadron Collider it is, I mean my god I I was frustrated at the end of it and then what happens is you think right either I do it and it looks vaguely like it does on the box and Betty goes on my phone. <laughs> and then you've got to ask the question, who is this for? <laughs> or she does it, and because she's six, it doesn't look like it does in the box, and then she gets upset. Drawing I like. Yeah. Ad- admittedly, I would say my um, my skill set is occasionally limited. What, this, are your, what are your go-tos? This is a very... This is, even for Josh's other podcast, this would be niche. What's the sex fetish one? No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not one. Okay, yeah. There was an architect called Archibald Leach who designed football stands at the start of the 20th century. And I think probably his most famous examples are Villa Park, home of Aston Villa, and Ibrox, home of Rangers. And I am very good at drawing Archibald Leach esque football stands. So, oh my God! Betty will draw. God, Betty will draw. Sounds like the something. hobby of a widow. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave him to it. It's the only thing that brings him happiness. So, so, so Betty will draw. I don't know someone from Frozen, and I will draw <laughs> um, an Archibald Leach main stand. And what does she think about that? She finds my interest in football quite. She finds it quite entertaining. I think. So sometimes she says stuff like, I'm going to treat you later because you've been a nice daddy today. And I'll say, oh, yeah, in what way she'll say you can watch one minute of football. I'll go, oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah, cheers. (laughs) Do you get to watch watch football on a Sunday? Because Josh doesn't get to watch much. No. No, not really because... She finds it very boring. Izzy doesn't like it. And I watched the, a bit of the Wales game with Steph the other night, actually, and he was fascinated by it. And every time they kicked the ball, he'd say, kick, 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 kick. So I think probably in two years' time, it would be 50-50 then in the house. I have the football on. No one likes the football in the house apart from me, but I just have it on on a Sunday in the background. It's just that's what happens on a Sunday. I think that's other stuff's going on. we're not in the room with the TV, because we spend a lot of our time in the kitchen. Get a telly in the kitchen. Get a telly in the kitchen, Rob. Why are you not doing that? Because it's the kitchen. Well, what are you doing in there? Cooking. All day? <laughs> no, we're not watching TV in the kitchen, Why? Rob. Why? Because it would be too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and your house looks too nice. Get a telly on the wall and fucking enjoy yourself, mate. You can chop your onions watching Super Sunday. 
<laughs> Why you not got it on? <laughs> Nothing's happening apart from carnage in a house full of kids. You might as well have a bit of green in the corner on a telly. <laughs> anyway, that's my I, that's my rule. I don't even when we have people over. I have the football on in the background just as something to do with a bit of small talk, just ticking over in the background. But I, t- I understand, you know, if 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 you can't, but I am pro kitchen telly. Does your daughter get jealous of your shared love of football with your son, Ellis? No. Do you know what? I'm going to blow my own trumpet. Our greatest achievement, and I'm not quite sure how we've managed it, is that they get on very, very well. He absolutely worships her. So he's two and she's six. And uh, he will often make a beeline for her and he'll just he'll just sit on the sofa with his arm around her. So I don't know how long this is going to carry on for, but no, there's there's no real jealousy. The the thing we do have is because there's a you know a slightly big gap in age, four years. He often just ruins her day, so he will she will spend ages um, you know setting stuff up. You know, like like she'll get her Lego cards or her yo-yo cards, and she'll put them all up in a sort of in in some I don't, arrangement that means a lot to her. And he'll spend and he'll spend ages on it, and she'll do this in Lego, and then he'll come in and he'll just smash it all up, and it will take him fifteen seconds to destroy something that's taken her half an hour. That that probably will end, I would imagine, in the next year or so, where you'll be able to reason with him a bit more because yeah, they can play together then. Yeah, his speech isn't good enough to reason with him yet. <laughs> yeah, so you can tell him not to do something, but he won't understand why. How's she getting on at school? How's the school going? Is she, is she in the first year or reception? She is in year one. And yeah. um, hang on, I'm just going to adjust my glasses. No one was expecting that. What could what, what could be what was happening with the what's, glasses? What's wrong with your glasses? Do you know that what? They need adjusting. The uh, <laughs> the headphones had moved them up onto onto an angle, so I looked a bit like you know it's when Norman Wisdom's like being in an explosion. <laughs> 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 so it was just it was just very irritating. <laughs> she she's in year one. So she was she started year one in September. And then there was an outbreak of COVID in the school in December, so she missed pretty much all of December. When you said there was an outbreak of COVID, I thought you were you're really giving us a uh, a very as if we hadn't been around. There was an outbreak of COVID, so that really affected yeah. the schooling system. What was it, yeah. an outbreak of again? Sorry, what was, yeah. it? What oh, was the condition? Yeah, it sounds pretty bad. It's come all the way over from China. It's going to be on the news. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for it. Yeah, you watch out for this, yeah. Anyway, so that happened in December. So she missed pretty much all of December because someone in her year had it. So they, they all had to self-isolate for two weeks. And then it was the Christmas holidays, and then obviously they they stopped schools, and they, you know, on the first day of the of that term in January when they went back. And I think I found, I personally found this lockdown harder than the first one because it was winter, so it was often it was you know it was dark. Which coming from you, the man who had the worst time in the first lockdown of anyone. <laughs> I know. Also, I don't know what your experience was of this, or maybe your listeners. There was seemingly far more emphasis on homeschooling this time round. Yeah. I mean, it's looking back, we did shamefully little homeschooling in lockdown one. Whereas three, the sort of January to April one, that first week I was at home and Izzy had to submit her first draft of the novel. <laughs> So I, I said, listen, so you, you, she, she, she was locked away writing and finishing everything off. Um, and I said, so, you know, I'll, I'll look after the children. Don't worry about it. So I, I was working in the evening and, and in the day I was looking after the kids. And as I said, you know, because he sort of, because he, he's because he's only two, he's only little, she would try and do some stuff on Microsoft Teams, homeschooling, and then he would throw a, a you know, a, a plastic fried egg at the screen and then she'd get upset. And then I would just think, oh, fuck this. So I'd sort of <laughs> say, okay, the lesson's over now. And we didn't do anything in that first week. And the school called me on the Friday and they said, what's going on? And they said, have you got a laptop in the house? I said, yeah, I've, I've got a laptop. And they said, all right, have you, have you got the internet? Yeah, did you say, excuse me, are you aware of my job? Yeah. I'm podcasting 24-7, yeah. thank you very much. And they said, have you, you know, have, have you got internet access, all that kind of stuff? And I said, yeah, I've got all of that. It's just, 
my partner was very busy at work and my son is two so he was it's quite hard for her to sit her down and work with her because what I found at her age being six I think even if she'd been eight I'd have been able to leave her to it but what would happen with homeschooling if she missed a little bit of explanation at the start yeah um it's very difficult then to say to the teacher, oh, you know, I, I, I don't understand. Can we, can we start again in a way that they would be able to in the classroom? And if she thought that she was being left behind, she'd get really upset. Yeah, that, we, we had that with my five-year-old where it was like someone had to be with her the whole time during yeah. the lesson. So if you have got a two-year-old, it's impossible because you're trying to control that child and yeah. find out what the instructions are. And then it's horrible because then your kid feels really separated from the group and upset. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's better just not to do it almost. So I used, to, I used to find that if she missed a sentence of explanation at the start, she would then get very upset she couldn't do it. And she was doing one thing. She had to write something out. Uh, she was doing a... a lesson called topic when they, they were having to write about their weekend i think and what happened she'd she'd written something and she'd realized she'd misspelled it she, she, so she'd rubbed it out but then but the, the rubbing out to tick in a couple of minutes and the teacher said okay uh, if you could finish your sentences in 10 9 8 7 6 one, oh, four, three, two, oh, it's horrible. and she hadn't finished and then she got really upset and she couldn't tell the teacher that she'd been rubbing something out and because i was looking after him as well I just thought, fuck it, sod this. I mean, yeah. I'll just let her play. Yeah. And then and then the school called me, so then obviously I had to make far more of an effort. And then Izzy's workload ease a little bit. But to have the two of them in the same room was practically impossible. Yeah. And we we had a we had parents evening the other day, yeah. even though she'd been at school a week. And I was like, oh, so am I telling you or are you telling me what she's been like? Yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge? Who's leading this? Yeah. And at one point, she said, talking about like she was writing in like what she did at the weekend book, and she was saying, "Oh, uh, her writing's got a bit better because last term, you know, every Monday she just used to put, oh, I went to the park at the weekend.'" And I went, "That's all we fucking did. What do you want her to yeah. say? <laughs> Even if she could write more, she, we didn't do anything else. So yeah, she, yeah. that's not wrong. That's all also, we did was go to the park. We did nothing else. I mean, year one, so it's five and six year olds." Yeah. So I'd sit her down and say, well, what are you doing now? And they'd say, oh, phonics. And I'd be like, okay, never heard of that. <laughs> and so, what, what are you doing now then? Yeah. Oh, we're doing a split digraphs. Yeah. Okay, never heard of a digraph, so I'm <laughs> not, not, not sure how to split it. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And yeah. it was just stuff I'd, you know, I, I've got a degree. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not thick. But I, I had no idea what, what, a lot of it was. I was having to Google a six-year-old work. It was embarrassing. What were we doing? Like, I was not... I remember learning the letters, but I don't really remember learning much else at primary school. Is it a completely different world now? I I discussed this on the radio show, because split digraphs and digraphs and phonics, well, they were just words I'd never heard before. And... It actually makes sense. I think it probably has helped Betty read. I mean, she's read to a lot and her reading for her age is very good. And we had one teacher from Canada or America say, I can't believe you're bothering with phonics, such a waste of time. And then other teachers were sort of piling in on her and saying, no, it, it does it does work if you, if you do it. But I don't remember that. I mean, primary school, I remember making an advent calendar. I remember playing with sand. Uh, Went down the slide on my front without putting my hands in front of my face, landed on my lip, got a split lip. Sort of that is it, really. (laughs) Split lip lessons. Well, my five-year-old come home and went, oh, yeah, could we be doing compound words today? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's that? like, cowboy, because two words that are separate on their own and then they make a word put together. I'm like, I I didn't know what that was. Yeah, yes. I mean, I know know the word cowboy. I've used it a few times. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, (laughs) isn't it? Bloody builders you get in southeast London, eh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's, it's unbelievable that kind of stuff, and it's just, I, I yeah, it's, it's weird. So what I found was in in lockdown one because it was spring going into summer, life is just a bit less depressing in spring and summer in my in my experience. But this time round, you know, we we had to have her in front of the computer. There tended to be a lesson at nine a.m. You know, you've got to have them in front of the computer ready, and then you've got to have. The other, you know, I had to, we had to have Steph ready as well. And then if Poss, an adult with Betty, otherwise, you know, she, you didn't want her to get upset. And also it was, it was, the odd thing was I'm not her teacher. 
So occasionally I'd say, right, you've got a, you've got maths lesson at 11. And she'd say, I don't want to do it. And I'd say, well, you've got to do it. And she'd say, but I'm at home. And I'd say, I know you're at home, but I'm you're at school as well. And she said, no, I'm not. I, I know it doesn't feel like you're at school, but I, I'm kind of your teacher. No, you're not. You're my daddy. Yes. Listen, yeah. do it because school are calling me. <laughs> Uh, my cards have already been marked, and I don't want to bring <laughs> shame into your life. <laughs> so, what was it like when she went back to school? Oh, How she loves. Feel? She loves it. Yeah, she's you know she she enjoys school, and she was excited to go back. This was something that's happened since you sent me a video at Christmas. Are you aware what of, of what you'd bought Betty for Christmas? As some kind of trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. They're very popular in America. So Are you wear this, Rob? No, well, can you send it to the group? We can pop it on uh, Instagram if Ellis doesn't mind. A lot of your um, listeners, I would imagine, will have these. They're really, really big in America. So it's it's a wagon that you pull along. So you put the kids in the wagon, and she'd seen an advert for it on uh, you know Nickelodeon or something, and I'd never heard of it or seen it. And then we we took them to the park in it. Um, so you sort of sit them in the wagon and they can that they could be strapped in and then you can put other stuff, you put blankets on them when it's cold and that kind of thing. And then we passed one of the mums at school and she's American. She said, yeah, yeah, when we lived in California, that's what all the parents do. But they they love it. So you just you just run around in a wagon and you're the horse? Yeah, and... <laughs> Was, no, he doesn't was, put it. You're not on all fours, are you? No, <laughs> it was quite. It was quite weird because I think in America they're just seen as a practical way of getting lots of kids around. Yeah, right. So it, it, you know, has it got a roof? Did your ones have the roof? No, it's. But it, it's a bit like if she'd asked for a buggy for Christmas. It's quite a weird thing to ask for, but they love it in there. They think it's such fun. In lockdown one, or lockdown three, I should say, the something really weird happened because the weather was bad because it snowed and it rained and it was just generally cold and a bit miserable and there was this far more of an emphasis on um on homeschooling i would go for days without leaving the house yeah. i looked at my phone on one day and i'd done 312 steps <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is crazy they weren't pulling you around in the wagon were they <laughs> So it was quite a different experience, the the third one. Do you, in a weird way, feel nostalgic in any way for that first lockdown? I'm the kind of person, Josh, right, that if if I was held captive, like Terry Waite or John McCarthy, and they moved me to a different cell, within an hour, I'd be nostalgic for cell number one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... I think with the, with the first lockdown, there was a kind of feeling that everyone was in it together, I thought. Yeah. Mm. And I would say that, I mean, I've, this is purely anecdotal evidence and observational. I, th- I thought far fewer people broke the rules from what I remember in lockdown yeah. one. Yeah, it, by lockdown, there was a lot more of a stigma attached, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, it was by lockdown three, I thought some people were taking the piss a bit. Um, and then obviously that drives resentment yeah and i think people were working like we no one was really working in the first one so you had more time but then in the third one people were working and having to homeschool and look after their kids so it just it's got too much yeah i mean it's embarrassing really but the house is a complete state certainly i mean i i was i was obviously very lucky that i didn't lose my job in the first lockdown like plenty of people did and obviously lots of people were furloughed but you cannot homeschool and actually be with the child um, to ensure that they understand everything and that they can work the tech and stuff. Or talking of working the tech, after a few weeks, some of the naughtier kids in Betty's class realised that they could meet the teacher. And then once that <laughs> happened, it was absolute chaos. <laughs> <laughs> because you'd, you'd, you'd get other parents saying, yeah, sorry, miss, we can't hear you. And then she was unable to tell the naughty kid off because she was muted. <laughs> so, so then you're just you're just waiting for the naughty kid to develop a conscience to go, all right, then fine, I'm disrupting the lesson. <laughs> so that we had about three weeks where it worked really well. And then as soon as the naughty kids realized they could do that, it was carnage. But I what what I realized was because Betty needed um 
attention when she was doing homeschooling. And obviously Steph as well as two, so you can't leave him because he'll climb on something. To do that and also work is is a very, very difficult circle to square. The thing I want to ask you, Al, is... Because we, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I wanted to ask you this on air. You work in a double act with John Robbins, who doesn't have a child. Yeah. And is probably the person I know who seems to have the most time on their hands of anyone in the country. Yeah. Tell Rob about the curry John made two days ago with his day. Well, he made a curry. It's actually called a hundred clove curry. But because it's just him, he halved it to 50 cloves of garlic. So it's a curry made of 50 cloves of garlic with mustard seed and coconut milk. Is that self-harm in your arse? <laughs> <laughs> he, do- he doesn't live with his fiancée. Yeah, I would too if my other half was eating that 50 cloves <laughs> of garlic. <laughs> Can you imagine having the... Fu- the time it takes me to cut and peel a, a one clove of garlic. <laughs> yeah. Like, 50? 50 cloves of <laughs> Like, if I do a meal, I, there's occasionally a, a, a recipe and it'll have four cloves of garlic. And I'm like, fuck it now. Yeah. 50? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you how he's done that. I bet he's got a telly in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm standing in the kitchen with a football on, doing clove after clove. But it was, it, it, it was a completely different experience for him. Because also he had no reason to leave the house. So obviously... The children need fresh air, so you've got to take them out. And that gets you out of the house. And, you, and I mean, my days are pretty full, obviously, like any, like any parent. And I would talk to him, especially on the radio, and he would, have, he would have done absolutely nothing. I don't think sometimes that in government they realised what it must have been like for single people. Yeah, fucking brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I, I, I think the mad thing is with, like, the difference in, like, occasionally at weekends, I'll just think, what are my friends without kids doing at the weekend? <laughs> and it it's such a foreign experience to me. Yeah. The thought, like, the thought of, I've... We get the, the, you know, you get the the box meals that you you get all the ingredients, right? And they get, and you cook it. And I got one the other day and it arrived and it said 60 minutes cooking time. And that is still in the fridge. And I know we're going to throw the ingredients away. Yeah, yeah. I know there is no fucking hope that meal. And yes, Rob, we could get a TV and that might help. That's what I'm saying. We could get a 60 minute meal. Rob's pro TV in the kitchen agenda being pushed yeah, again. Exactly, sixty minute meal in my head. That's first half and half time. I, walk, <laughs> I can watch the second half. Why it's uh, you know reducing. <laughs> All I'm saying is, it doesn't even have to be a telly. Get a big one, then bigger iPads in the kitchen with with an app on it. And then I'd say if your other half is anti telly in the kitchen, she can't be anti iPad. Because an iPad's an iPad. But if that iPad happens to have Sky app, BT Sport app, or now TV app with the football on, yeah. whilst you're de-skinning de- 50 cloves of garlic, I just say it's a win-win all round. The, yeah. the thing I know with, the thing I've noticed with um, friends of mine who don't have children, the disdain and sneer they have for what I would regard as a treat. <laughs> so... I think we're probably four years away from this. I would love to buy the paper on a Sunday and read it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I actually know the circumstances in which it would happen. So I'd go and get the paper, then I'd go back to bed, and I'd, but I'd have a, a, a cup of coffee, and then I'd read it. And it would take me probably about an hour. And, and I know that I could sit in there and... You know, no kid's going to fall down the stairs or fall off the table because they put their Bing Bunny toy in the microwave and slipped. And I can just do that and that I don't have to be on call. But if you told someone who didn't have children, oh, I'd, lo- I'd love to buy a paper and read it. They think, well, just do it then. Yeah. Why Why aren't you doing that? Well, that's pathetic. But I, but I remember like my mum and dad, they would, they, my mum and dad used to share a bottle of wine on a Friday night. Because they, they would tend to be picking like I'm I'm one of three kids, so they would be picking up 
you know, me and my sisters or something on a Saturday night. So on Friday night, when we tended not to go out, they would have like so that's two glasses each and they'd watch Have I Got News For You. And that was their treat. And they would talk about it in the week. And as a 17-year-old, I just think that's fucking pathetic. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, have a night out, do whatever. But of course you can't have like a, no. a big bender if you're a sort of 48-year-old mother of three and you've got a full-time job and a Tuesday night. I suppose you could, but it's it's problematic. Well, I think I think though you're at that you're you're at that your Josh is about to go into that period, and you're at that period now as well, where you've got a child that you can't just leave on their own. Well, I've sort of gone be gone past that point, and I saw a funny thing on TikTok where it said the moment you can leave your two kids in another room, knowing that they won't immediately die, is when the second part of your life begins. Yeah, <laughs> and you're and has it begun, it. Rob? Mine's begun. How many benders do you think you're going to do this summer, Rob? Oh, mate, I, do you know what? From I think I'm going to go easy on the 12th, but once indoor opens in May, I'm just going to lose my head where I want someone to pull me aside and go, Rob, you've got to rein it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. I want an intervention. <laughs> and then if I've hit intervention level, I know I've hit it hard enough. When do your kids wake up, Rob? They wake up about six, half six. Okay. And um, we, from a hangover from lockdown, we used to give them their iPads as soon as they woke up, right? And now we're not doing that and they're just playing in the mornings and it's okay. But then we've got to be up about seven because we have to, I have to leave the house at eight to take, take the eldest to school. Um, so Lou normally gets up with them about half six and then I get up and I take them to the school, but she gets them ready to leave. That's our, that's our uh, contract. Oh, see, I, the difference with us is we live so close to the school you could leave it because they've staggered the um, start times for because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So Betsy starts at 9.15 and I could leave at 9.15 and be on time. All oh, right, fair enough. So she starts at 9.15? She starts at 9.15. That's late. What I've, what I've discovered though is no matter what time I get up, what time Izzy gets up, it's pretty chilled until about 8.50 and then it's absolute carnage then <laughs> yeah. for 20 minutes. So my eldest can go in between 8 and 8.25. So it's basically school, the bell, the bell rings at 8.25 in the morning to like start the lesson. So you can... Really? They just, I know. So they can play. So I normally leave the house about 8 and they get there about... We're only a little walk, so about 5 past, 10 past 8. And then she plays in the for 15 minutes on the playground and then goes in at 8.25. But she finishes... What time does yours finish school? Half past 3. Oh, so we finished at three, so... Oh, okay. It's a little, but yeah, it's a bit earlier. That is early. I find myself... I woke up the other morning at 7.56. I was out the door walking to school at 8.01, and I looked like I'd slept in a bush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I look mental as well, because everyone is normally... The other parents have proper jobs, so they're like either in like, you know, a suit or even like sort of smartish jeans, but I, I dress like a roadman when I'm not gigging. <laughs> I look like I've just done a county lines drug deal and I've dropped the kid off. <laughs> but I don't care. Tracksuit bottoms, hand down the front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> electric scooter. And I say, what are you fucking looking at, fam? It's, it's, it's a pleasure to catch up with you, Ellis. Thank you, Ellis. It's, yeah, I, it, I've loved every second of it. Thank you very much for having me. I can't believe I've got this legendary martyr status amongst your listeners. Well, you haven't now because your life's pretty sweet. Yeah, you've, you've popped yeah, that yeah. bubble of that. You could have really ramped it up. You've undone all the good work. Well, we say that, but when the clocks go back or forward uh, at the weekend, I'm going to be back up. I'm going to be back to get it up at 5am <laughs> again. Give us a shout when you have a 4.50 and we'll get you back on now. All right, then. That's that's the cutoff. Or if Izzy's back goes, just give us a bell. We know you're back <laughs> at the cold face. <laughs> Ellis James back again, Josh. Um, he, he seems too happy though. Yeah, it's nice to know that you know there's karma and he's got his reward. Yeah, I do hope that his son becomes a footballer and plays for England. England and Cardiff. I think that's worse for him than him not being a footballer. Yes, I think that would be worse. That would be worse. But I didn't think it was a stupid question when I said, of course, Wales. But I was like, he's totally disregarding what his son's like opportunities for success would be. Because obviously England have qualified for more tournaments and he's got more chance of success at a tournament with England, you know, historically. Do you know what, Rob, though? He loves his country more than he loves his son. <laughs> 
you know what, though? I do agree, though. I'd rather play... But then I'd say Ellis wants to play for Wales, but if his son's grown up in South London, he won't feel that connection to Wales, will he? I think it's interesting, that, because your daughters are growing up in the same area, nominally, of the country as you. Whereas both mine and Ellis's children are having a very different upbringing to ours in terms of where they're growing up. Yeah, and I think geography... Obviously, my daughters will grow up in a, a very middle class compared to my upbringing, but I think geography has a massive impact on that, especially that sort of small town mentality of like where you grew up and stuff. That, that, that Going back home to there will be so alien to them. It will feel like they're in the middle of nowhere when they're used to being in East London. Oh, totally. And I'm going to say this, Rob. Yeah. I wouldn't on, subject mate. my daughters to supporting Plymouth at well, all. Well, no, because it, no, it also is because it's quite ah, selfish. If she supports because... West Ham, I'll be fucking livid. But the thing is, though, the reason you love Plymouth is because you went as a kid and you enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. Son and, and daughters are going to go to Crystal Palace and love it. And that's what the experience of football is going to be for them. So just because Ellis loves it doesn't mean his kids are going to enjoy that as well. You don't want to be that person that drags their kid to Swansea to watch a game that they hate just because you're living out your youth. <laughs> God, that was brutal, wasn't it? <laughs> Apologies to Ellis. Absolutely destroyed him there, didn't I? He's not done that yet, but I imagine when he does and he listens back to that, it'll be a bullet to his heart. Do you know what? It's the only person I've interviewed where I've enjoyed them adjusting their glasses. That's the quality of interviewing That's the quality Ellis of Ellis. And I think we should send some Cardiff kits to Ellis for his Yeah, kids. we should send two... Why don't we send two small Cardiff kits to Ellis's house? <laughs> uh, care of lockdown parenting. Yeah, As nice. a reward for him doing the um, the first... Returning guests. I I bought Ant and Deck Sunderland shirts when I got invited to their fortieth birthday party, right? Yeah. And Sunderland, when you bought a Sunderland shirt, you got a free ticket to the game. You got a free ticket to the game. Yeah, so I, I didn't know that was the deal. So I gave them that. There was two tickets to the Sunderland game in the parcel of the shirt. I almost definitely those shirts ended up on the floor of their agent's office. Yes, <laughs> absolutely totally. no way it's in their wardrobe. No, of course not. We should get Deck on. Do you reckon Deck will do this? Well, I don't know. You know him. I've never met Deck in my life. I'd, I'd text him. Have I got his number? I'll message him. Instagram. He's never coming on, is he? Let's face it. I'm not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. See you next time. See you. Bye. bye.